<laughs> Ink's in here. Ink's in here. He's our number one bit leader for... Not much longer. A little while longer. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm ready. But, uh, enough, enough of this chit-chat. A-hole. Let's, uh, let's do this. We're here at Featherfall Table Talk. It's Thursday. We're talking uh, <laughs> Nick Cage movies, obviously, like we do. Uh, I, I do feel like that no. is a common thing that we do around these parts. It's, it's always debatable. It's always fun. And there's just an endless stream of content. Because he's always making movies. Um, I feel like so, it may not no. always be fun, though. <laughs> yeah, you either love them or you hate them, and that those don't go together. But anyway, we're we're gonna talk some. We're back on this unearthed Arcana train where we're gonna talk some subclasses uh, tonight for the cleric, the druid, and the wizard. Uh, and I think this completes all. Like one new subclass for everybody, every class. Uh, so I imagine they'll kind of take a break. But, but anyways, we're Featherfall Tabletop. Uh, you can find us everywhere at that name at such uh, Featherfall TT here on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, we got a Discord down below. You should check it out. Come on in and hang out with us. We got some one shots going on. We got one coming up at the end of this month for uh, the Curse of Sapphire Lake, the Skull Splitter. Uh, what is that? School Splitter Kickstarter. And I, I got that in there. So we're going to run that on the channel. Should be pretty fun. We are sponsored by School Splitter, which is kind of cool. You need some dice? Use uh, code Featherfall at checkout for 10% off. We are also sponsored by Found Familiar Coffee. Um, you can see they're creeping up on the bit leader. They've been blowing up our chat lately, and uh, we truly appreciate it. But you can go to their website. What is it? Found familiar slash hashtag feather. Tell me. Tell me what Found it is. Found slash hashtag featherfall. Use featherfall in checkout. Get yourself 10% off. I do think they were running a, a buy one, get one half off. So if that's still going, use that. I doubt it will pair with our, with our coupon code. But use our affiliate link and let them know we sent you. It's all good. You get some coffee and... They're pretty cool dudes hanging out in chat, so check them out. Uh, I think that's it. Housekeeping done. No, we need to promote our content. My daughter's yelling at me. Uh, promote our content. Tuesdays, The Gods We Know, episode two coming uh, up real quick. They had a pretty awesome episode one. I had a great time. I was giggling my ass off uh, watching those those guys uh, <laughs> go at it. Uh, we, the three of us, are in a campaign called the ghosts of the past. I almost forgot. It's that G the gods. We know the ghosts of the past, the ghosts of the past, which is a continuation of our water deep dragon heist campaign. We've taken our characters on the road and we are leaving water deep for some homebrew uh, DM by Bob here. Um, and we're going to fight a dragon here real quick. So, I mean, if you want to see that, come check us out on Wednesdays, uh, six 6 o'clock central time. Excuse me. Uh, and then here, Thursdays at Featherfall Table Talk, 6.30 Central Time, where we talk D&D stuff or role-playing stuff. We can op we're going to open it up to whatever. Uh, but yeah, okay. Housekeeping done. I just wish there was a way to make that faster. But you got a lot to say. Anyway. Okay, so we're talking Unearthed Arcana. We got some more subclasses coming out. This is, like I said, the cap um, of, of, of them, I think. Unless they're going to give us like a round two for each class, but I don't think that would happen. 
we've gotten one subclass for each class. And tonight, we're going to try to get through them all, I think. We'll see how, how far we go. But we have the cleric, the druid, and the wizard. Uh, I think I want to start with the cleric. We'll just, on the document as is, we'll just start there. And again, this is playtest content. So if you use it, uh, make sure you fill out the survey on their website and let them know the feedback and what you kind of encountered with them so that uh, we get a better subclass in the end of this. So anyway, let's talk about clerics. Uh, I, I haven't played a cleric more for more than a one shot. So it's something new to me. So we'll, we'll kind of dive through this together. So at first level, a cleric gains the divine domain. And that's what this is. They get the twilight domain. That is the subclass here. The twilight domain governs the transition and blending of light into darkness. It is a time of rest and comfort, but also the threshold between safety and the unknown deities of healing or respite such as Boldre, Hestia, Mishakal, or Pelor, I'm doing my best, Bravery, or Protection, such as Dol Ara, Hajam, Helm, and Ilmater. We, we, we know Ilmater. Uh, travel or Transition, such as Faharlagan. Not, not correct. Hermes, uh, the Raven Queen, or the Traveler. Or the Night Dream, such as Celestian, Morpheus, Nut, and Saloon. Nut? Is that a thing? Yeah, it's That's but is cool. Morpheus the Morpheus, the Morpheus. Take, take the red pill. Uh, so these gods might grant their clerics the twilight domain. So that's kind of cool. Is you can, no matter what kind of pantheon or or god class you want to pull from, they might bestow upon you this. So it's not secluded to a certain uh, sect of of gods. But clerics who serve these deities tend to be brave delving into into the dark to hold its dangers at bay and to bring comfort to those lost far from the light. There we go. Twilight Domain. What do we think? Um, I think it's fun. I think it... So right off the bat, just the flavor text is enough to make me want to try and play it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like yeah. a... You're kind of like a... Uh, um, you know, the the light in all of the evil is, is a... Cheesy right. way to put it. Yeah, Travis. This one, this one was the most interesting to me of all three. Um, I really like how it's blending the the light and the dark in some interesting ways. You get the um, unlimited distance dark vision, and there's a lot of really cool things in here that you could. Uh, Sorry, they bode well for <laughs> role playing and for like combat and stuff. It gives yeah. a lot of options, uh, and it's, so it's really cool. Yeah, and I, I like this idea of you know nighttime is that time of rest and and uh, healing, so it's nice to have somebody kind of watching over you, you know, uh, and that would be the Twilight Domain cleric. But I wrote down it's like Freddy Krueger's nightmare, like you know Freddy Krueger hunts in the night and waits for you to fall asleep. Well, if you've got a Twilight cleric. You're going to be kind of, uh, you'll be protected at least a little bit. So I like that idea. I like, and especially if you take like an elf as a race, now you're staying up even later. You know, you only have to have those four hours or there's, there's something out there that you can not have to sleep anymore. I think that's a, a warlock thing, but anyway, so yeah, I like, I like the flavor of this. Um, after reading through some of the, the abilities, I kind of like, Hmm. Good, not great for me. Yeah, and Travis, you said this was your favorite out of these three that we'll talk about tonight. Yeah, it is. Okay, all right, it is. Um, 
I, I, I like what they're doing with the uh, features and stuff that you get because they don't feel overpowered. They're helpful, but they're not okay. they're not OP, I guess. And I kind of like that because in a lot of them that we've gone kind of gone through, they've they've seemed yeah. a little powerful in the right yeah. hands. Well, and two, I think the cleric naturally is kind of powerful, uh, just as a base cleric, and then you get your your uh, subclass, your domain flavors. Uh, so I think it's still going to be a powerful. So they're not like putting power on top of power. They're letting it level out a little bit, I think. But yeah. So first level with this, you get bonus proficiency. So you gain martial weapons and heavy armor. So you're gonna get, you be that meat shield, and you can use carry some big ass weapons. I like that. Um, and you also get eyes of the night. Um, your eyes are blessed, allowing you to see through the deepest gloom. Uh, you have dark vision with no maximum range. You can see the dim light as if it were bright light and in darkness as if it were dim light. That to me... As an action... Okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that to me is probably the most interesting, even as, as we're talking in our game now. Um, it, it It is a lot of flavor just by itself of dark vision, right? So dark vision has mm-hmm. always been right. like this, you know, flavorful text and now they're just making it more so, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think not having dark vision is awesome to role play, right? Cuz now you're bumbling, you're stumbling, you know, you miss a shot in the dark, you know, not you have something to kind of pin it on and role play with. Right. Um so sometimes it's getting having dark vision or you know, the, maybe the DM doesn't hold you accountable to that dark vision very much, so it it's not really uh, a key key factor. So if you have a DM that holds you accountable to dark vision, I think this would be great. Um, but I I could see playing it like it's almost maybe a frustration to you that <laughs> everything's so bright all the time. You know, I I don't know, but as a Twilight cleric, you're probably you know that's what you're into. But you could play that up. But wait, there's more. You get oh, more of this. So not only do you, not only do you have uh, dark vision, unlimited range, maximum range, with no maximum range. Let me say that. As an action, you can magically give the benefit of this feature to any number of creatures you can see within ten feet of you. Wow. The shared benefit lasts for ten minutes. You can extend this benefit a number of times, times equal to your wisdom modifier, <coughs> and you regain all on a long rest. So not only are you able to see in this dungeon, but your whole party. If you're traveling with a bunch of humans or halflings, among others that don't have dark vision, like you can bestow upon them, right? Um, and again, if you have a DM that like holds you accountable, it's dark in here. You don't have dark vision. Disadvantage, right? Right. I think this is this is going to help out. That's going to kind of even the playing field a little bit. And at first level, like we're getting it early, so I like it. I like it. I, I think it's great. I mean, I think like Travis said, hey, what's that sound familiar? Um, that number two badge with that goblin sub badge is looking pretty good. Um, but so I, I think it's great. And I think what Travis said was perfect in the fact that it is flavor. Um, it much this, this to me is more akin to the, um, the lurker in the deep and the aberrant mind. It, it yeah. only in the fact that um, it, it it adds so much flavor to the game, right? So it's adding flavor to the game, and for our group, it is so great in the fact that it, it just adds to that role play. And our group is is very well known, not like amongst 
outside of ourselves, but is very well known for our role play, right? My wife. My wife knows we're good. Because <laughs> I tell her. Uh, yeah, and again, not game-breaking. Uh, cool ability to add. Um, yeah, I like it. You get more at first level, guys. We're not done yet. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, slow down. For an extra uh, $9.99. <laughs> um, vigilant Blessing at first level. The knight has taught you to be vigilant. As an action, you give one creature you touch, including possibly yourself, Whoa. advantage on the next initiative rolls the creature makes. This benefit ends immediately after your roll. Or if you use the feature again. Should so, you be touching again, yourself? Something. What's that? What? No, you'll go blind. <laughs> anyway. Just let that simmer for a bit. Keep this on track. Uh, so, yeah, you're kind of Let's say you got a you, you got a monk with a solid dexterity, and you want to make sure they go first. Bestow them, bestow them with this uh, vigilant blessing. Right now, guaranteeing the best you can to go first, and and maybe you know depending on what the mission is, you need them to run in there, grab something, and run out. Like why not? So crazy, uh, and, and and this is this to me it is it can be it's not game breaking. But it, it is very overpowered at first level, right? So you can do it whenever you want as long as you don't have it already done, right? So say so say I grant, you know, Jack's advantage in one battle. We have that battle. I can immediately grant Valerian or even Jack's again advantage right after that. And it lasts until the very next battle. Yeah, so that uh, you touch one on the next initiative roll. Yeah, so if you have one battle, second, I mean, there's no limit, right? It's just well, there's no there's no like duration is is the biggest. I think right. the biggest missing oh, keyword yeah. here is that you can do it immediately okay. after, and it lasts just in case you forget. It lasts yeah. until your next battle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think maybe we w might want to, you know, rein that in a little bit. But then does it, okay, right. so the thought is, does it get broken? You don't know when your next battle is going to be. Right, so that is an issue. And if you are truly being touched Whoa. by a god, well, right, I think they have some sort of staying power. That's just what so, they told you. But, so in the traditional rules of D&D, &D, like, you get... Is it in the? I'm trying to think of how to say this. I don't. I don't adhere to this idea, but I think it's in the Dungeon Master's Guide where it's saying like you should typically encounter, like have seven encounters a day. Yeah, that's and if nuts. It's not all combat, right? You have social encounters. You have other things, right? But let's say four of those are a combat encounter. There you go. But how many times, like, like the rooftop chase we had in Waterdeep? It would have been nice to have somebody near the top of that initiative order. You know, so that's an encounter where we didn't fight anybody, but we are moving in initiative order. So I I kind of like it and I and a, and a well-placed cleric is going to be able to use that at the right time and I mean, spoiler alert though. You weren't going to win that no matter what. Yeah, but there were some <laughs> times where it's like, man, I wish I was one bump up on that initiative tracker like just 
there was some I wanted to do, but he moved for you know, you know, just saying. Yeah, I got you. Um, I did, I did gloss over. The, you get some new spells here. You get access to some spells that you wouldn't normally as a cleric. And I saw sleep on there, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that sleep. You know, that's a that's that's a featherfall tabletop classic, um, <laughs> which for the twilight makes total sense if it can work. You know, I think sleep is one of those weird spells. Like it's hard to use, uh, but at a first level, you're you're getting some kobolds or some goblins. You know, with low level hit points, I think it's going to be great. But again, sure. it's it's a yeah. weird one. Uh, you also get darkness and invisibility, and uh, so some other ones. Liaman's tiny hut. That's a favorite. Dude, Liaman's tiny hut is that's a that's a savior. Yeah, if you had that in the tomb, I mean, you'd be you would be oh. set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in my Storm King Thunders game, we had a bard who had Liaman's tiny hut. Uh, the bard died, and it was the greatest thing ever because now we're out in the wilderness, and these all these encounters at night are now going to start hitting because they're not in their little tiny hut. So, but yeah, good good spell. Uh, at level two, moving along, uh, this is where your channel divinity starts to come into play, and you can create a twilight sanctuary. Uh, <laughs> you can use. Sorry, I'm thinking of the stupid Twilight movie. They have to put it in a sanctuary because it's so bad. People hate it. I keep thinking of no. Twilight Princess with all of this. It's a Zelda. Zelda game. Yeah. For the no, Wii. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, but Twilight Sanctuary. You can use your channel divinity to refresh your allies with soothing Twilight. As an action, you present your holy symbol and a sphere of Twilight emanates from you. The sphere is centered on you and has a 30-foot radius. So that's like 60 feet, right? Diameter. Yeah? I always get those mixed up. Yep. You'd think I'd learn. But yeah, so 60 feet, that's that's a huge circle. And it's filled with dim light. The sphere moves with you, and it lasts for one minute or until you are incapacitated or die. Whenever a creature, including you, ends its turn in the sphere, you can grant that creature one of these benefits. Give 1d8 temporary hit points or end one effect causing it to be charmed or frightened. So you can end a charm or a frighten, or you can give 10 hit points. In a, That's a huge radius, and all you have to do is start your turn there. Yeah. Or end your turn in there. So you're giving yourself eight, up to 8 temporary hit points. Now, they don't stack. We remember that from... Uh, the other subclass we looked at that granted temporary hit points. So they don't stack, but you can always be up. I wonder how that's going to work. So <clears throat> if they don't stack, do you have you have a maximum of eight? So let's say you roll a six. You take some damage. You take two damage. And then it's your turn again, and you roll another one. Can you fill it up to eight? How would you rule that, Bob, as a DM? I would, would eight I would be have the max you, that you could give? I would have you just re-roll. And it just starts fresh. And then that's... Okay, all right. I like... Yeah, that's probably easier. I was thinking too hard. But you could fit your whole party within that 60-foot radius, and now you're... You don't have to do anything, right? As an action, you present... So it's an action to get it up, but then it's just there for a minute, which is most combats. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You don't have to do a concentration check. If you're taking damage on a on something like this, well, and and so okay, 
So at second level, you're fighting again, you know, kobolds, stuff like that. Small, smaller stuff. And you have this fear that gives you essentially another level of HP. Or guess what? You can't be frightened or you can't be charmed. It's it's pretty uh pretty big. That's uh, yeah, this is this is a boost. Um so with those I think you get two you might only get one channel divinity at this level. And then I think you crawl up to two. Uh, at most you're gonna have two here, but I think it's one. Um Again, I haven't played a cleric, so I'm not totally positive. But so you got to pick the right time. Yeah. But man, if you got somebody out there that's just charming you and or frightening you, because that could that could turn the tides of a battle quickly. If you all of a sudden you have half your party frightened, Agreed. and they're running the other way, run to me, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we'll we'll get that taken care of. But all right. For what it's worth on the temporary hit points, the book does, the player's handbook does say that it's up to you to decide if you want to keep the new ones or the ones that you had, if you have to roll more. Okay. I mean, obviously the DM could, I would say, could override that, but that's at least what the book says. So, for example, if you already have 10 and you roll for 12 uh, for another set of temporary hit points, you can choose to have the 12 or the 10. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so you're going to have a chance to at least replenish... Or get up to eight every single time. Man. That's kind of powerful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But that's what I'm saying. But, like, you're constantly just sitting there in this aura of, yeah. like, temporary hit points that, okay, so you take a hit, but guess what? My turn again. I'm back up to yeah. whatever. There's there's a new newer ranger spell that came out in uh, Xanathar's Guide that's it's kind of like this. I can't remember what it is. It's like Spirit Guardian or something. And it's like this health shrine that is now set up that your players can run to, be in its aura, get <laughs> healed up, and then go out back into the fray, right? It's kind of like that. Uh, so there's some definite similarities there. Um, yeah. But I like it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's, it could be cool. I think it, you know, you're that beacon on the battlefield of, of hope and, and replenishment. And you know, being what being what a cleric does, right? Cleric uh, is stereotyped as the healer, and I think this maybe further solidifies that stereotype. So I like I like the flavor text that it provides, anyways. Um, just in, in the fact that a a beacon of twilight, you know, emanates from you. <laughs> yeah, you can make that look a lot of different things maybe maybe it's just like a rolling fog for you or it is this beam of light that comes well, down and so okay i i did just rewatch lord of the rings and if i don't know how familiar you all are with the movies um when they're at the battle of helm's deep at the very end you know gandalf says look to the west and the mm-hmm. at the rise of the next day or whatever when he rides over and that's just his large light are happening, and it's the same thing when he's riding out to save the riders of Rohan from the Nazgul. Dude, I'm a major yeah. nerd, by the way. I love these movies. Uh, um, that just that beacon of light comes from his staff. I imagine yeah. that this is exactly what that could look like, yeah. and I love it so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, I love I love the pulled back view of maybe you're in like Misty Forest or something, and all of a sudden, just this beam of light is either coming down at you or up, and yeah. you can see it. And uh, yeah, you know, like good good things are happening. Yeah. Uh, so you don't get anything here in the domain until sixth level. So you do get your normal cleric shit, shit um, stuff. 
stuff. Sorry, are we trying to keep it keep it clean? Yes. Uh, you <laughs> get totally an ability are. score improvement. You get some uh, destroy undead, and then uh, now we are back into our divine domain feature. At sixth level, you get steps of the brave. Uh, you draw strength from your connection to twilight and find yourself at home within its dark embrace, gaining two benefits. You have advantage on saving throws against being frightened. If you are in dim light or darkness, you can use a bonus action to magically give yourself a flying speed equal to your walking speed uh, until the end of your next turn. So if you're in dark, dim light, or darkness, you can now fly. I think it's cool. But I don't get it. Like, Well, I, I'm imagining, <laughs> again, that, that deity is looking down upon you, and within the darkness it is now propelling you up, propping you up, giving you greater movement, you know, looking out for you, that's you know, the the opposite of the warlock where the patron is kind of like slyly looking out for you. This, I, I imagine clerics are they're always like aiding you in a positive way and that's how I would tie this in, like I'm now just moving you around as, as you know, like a, a glorified mage hand uh, picking you up um, and it's it's harnessing that twilight magic right yeah. that the dim dim dark light you know it's helping you out i like um, it not not game breaking at all not overpowering kind of cool again you know imagine the first time your party sees you fly because you don't get this until sixth level so i imagine if you start even if you start your party at third level uh you're gonna have a lot of time together and then now all of a sudden boom you're flying in the dark i like it and I, like I, I think this dog. will pay. I think this will pair well, whale with uh, something coming up here uh, at level seventeen, and I'll talk about that when we get there. So you get that at six, uh, seven. You don't get anything. Uh, you don't even get like, yeah, nothing. Some more spell slots, but that's okay. At level eight, you get divine strike. You gain the ability to infuse your weapon strikes with divine energy once. On each of your turns, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can cause the attack to deal an extra 1d8 psychic damage. When you reach 14th level, it goes to 2d8. So, psychic damage, not a lot is immune to psychic damage. So, I mean, um, but like, that's like paladin first level stuff. Yeah, that's like, what is it, the smites? Divine and, smite. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, it's fine. So, uh, it's fine. Yeah. The second level. Yeah, Divine Smite, it's second fine. level. It's fine. It's fine. I think the Psychic kind of adds some interesting flavor for After Effects or something. That's kind of cool. But I, yeah. I feel like this is maybe 8th level is a little too high for this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't normally do a lot of Psychic damage. Um, but on the positive side, not much is immune to Psychic damage. So, again, if you're finding something with... We went over that, though. Uh, it, it is... Like there's there's a lot of spells that were psychic damage. It was more oh, were than there? yeah. There was probably there's oh. probably I think ten spells that had psychic damage. So I mean not a lot, but not it a wasn't chunk. it wasn't the smallest. But less than there being spells that do psychic damage. I'm more like the the creatures you are fighting are not going to be resistant or immune to psychic damage most often. So yeah, and again you get through like. Uh, creatures that are immune to non-magical attacks, now you're giving yourself a little magic on top of there, or the psychic damage on top of there, to kind of cut through some of that. those resistances, I think is a good thing. 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, we saw this this thing kind of peak at at level two with that with that uh, sanctuary, and now we're we're kind of leveling out. And I I think that's a an okay thing, right? We talked about this before with other classes, kind of their their hills and valleys come at different areas, different levels. Um, this one kind of peaked a little early. Last thing you get, Midnight Shroud. And I, I think this this would pair well with uh, your, your flying. Um, you can harness the shrouding power of night to protect your allies and stymie your foes. Whenever you cast the darkness spell using a spell slot, you can choose a number of creatures that you can see, including yourself, equal to your wisdom modifier, minimum of one. The chosen creatures can see through the darkness. <laughs> That's such a weird, like, oddly wor- worded sentence. <laughs> It is. It is like okay. So when you cast darkness, you can choose creatures. End of sentence. The chosen creatures can see through the darkness. Why don't you just say you can choose creatures to see through the darkness? Equal to (laughs) anyway. It's a a little rough, but um, I I mean that's not really that great for me. Uh, I mean darkness is is interesting spell. So I I think critical role did it very well in the sewers. You know, if you haven't watched the newest one, yeah. whatever. Um, in the sewers, darkness is hard. Man, we are we're dropping a lot of frames tonight. Um, so, dark darkness is is like almost impenetrable for the most part. Once you're in it, you can't see. So, if you're not familiar with the spell, it creates like an orb of darkness that mm-hmm. nothing can penetrate. No light, no nothing. So, even if you cast light in there, it, it's stymies it to um so interesting Uh, it's almost like a good escape but like at 17 man you don't you don't need to escape yeah Yeah. but it would be cool to be in the darkness and then all of a sudden now you could fly and you are now moving in a three-dimensional space so if you're in there with a villain you're able to go up where they may not expect you to go up. Oh yeah, because you can fly now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but imagine just fighting a boss or something that's in the darkness and it can't see. I mean, it's not. It doesn't help you a whole lot. Except, I mean, I guess that they can't see you. It can. But it seems like it'd be kind of a fun way to make a fight kind of give it give it a terrifying type feel to it. It's, it's yeah. cool. Again, did, it, it's then you become Batman. I mean, in, <laughs> in your heart. <laughs> Go ahead. I was gonna say in the chat, we're calling out this is Batman. Okay, I get it. This is Batman. <laughs> yeah, but a healer, support Batman. Maybe yeah. Batgirl, or Robin. Robin, the support Absolutely characters Robin. to Batman. There you go. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, I, I agree at seventeenth level, like you can already do some cool shit and your counter your your uh your adventuring party along with you can do some cool shit. Is darkness really you know, it might save your ass one time. Uh but again, we're seventeenth level, we can do a lot of stuff. You know. I don't know that darkness is really tickling my fancy here. I like that it offers uh, another way out of a simple battle instead of just forcing you to fight. It it has its use. It's just not yeah. powerful. Again, seventeenth level, just weirdly high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did gloss over some of the stuff you get in between uh, those levels. You, you're picking up some more uh, ability score improvements. Some destroy undead is now going up to 
CR4. Um, yeah, expanded spell slots. But yeah, there you go. So that's that's the cleric. Overall, I, I kind of like it. I think there's some cool stuff there. Um, some flavorful things that you can obviously add to roleplay, which is kind of our focus. Um, not yeah. game-breaking. Um, and, and the question in the chat darkness the the sphere it, it's 15 feet um and it you know 15 feet yeah, 15 all around foot so radius yeah so i yeah, mean yeah, 30 so feet sphere. start to finish so that i mean yes. it's quite a bit yeah um you can definitely get your party in there but then but like okay again darkness so maybe if this were a 17th level maybe make just like it, it, it removes your like limitation on dark vision, maybe expand the darkness sphere. So say because one, not only one, you have to cast darkness. So that's the action, right? So maybe yeah. expand darkness to be a radius of sixty feet. Make it this giant thing that just shrouds the entire. Yeah. And, and yeah. then and then it feels a little bit more, um, like. 17th level worthy right exactly so expand darkness make darkness bigger because darkness is a second level spell like cool yeah i can do that yeah. like a long time ago and guess what in yeah. darkness <laughs> players are going to metagame anyways and yeah. they're going to kind of the only thing the only thing that happens you get disadvantage on the attack right that's well, it it adds to like roleplay flavors, but the mechanics of the game, it's not that debilitating, right? right? Disadvantage, okay, it that's a hindrance, I get it. But should it give everybody advantage? Like let's say you're fighting in there. You can see them, they can't see you. Do you get advantage? Would 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 that be something as a DM you would you would give? So now it's disadvantage versus advantage. Yeah, I would I would grant advantage on that. I would think in this yeah. situation because yeah, there's yeah, yeah, there's yeah. not much else that that allows vision in darkness. Yeah, and I do like the idea of expanding the spell. I think that is making it a little more seventeenth level worthy. It's and I think if we're using this as a means of escape or rescue or something like that that's going to open up the doors a little bit more because now you're covering more area. Um, because 15-foot radius, 30-foot, you know, that's, yeah. that's not a whole lot. It's it's decent, but, you know, if you got a big boss room... Well, in your, your 17th level, you're fighting some yeah, big, yeah, big shit. Thing. Like, you're fighting big things at it, this point. <laughs> it almost feels like Twilight Sanctuary, and this one could be flipped or, or you know adjusted a little bit yeah i don't i don't know twilight sanctuary is pretty op for first level or second level as, sorry. As, yeah oh and as cool as those temporary hit points sound it's being able to get your party back in the game and and getting them out of charmed and frightened because if you got if you if you got a guy like templeton who it, it would charm and frighten be a charisma save uh, I think wisdom, okay. or is that wisdom? Yeah. Like a a character that that's their dump stat. You're not getting them back in the game, you know. Where if you can just come to yeah. me, heal that. Okay, now you're okay. Just stick next to me, buddy, and uh, you're back in the game. So 
read read Twilight Sanctuary again, by the way. All right, let's do it. Go go word so, by word and, and analyze yeah. that sentence. You, the the opening. You can use your channel divinity to refresh your allies with soothing twilight. As an action, you present your holy symbol, and a sphere of twilight emanates from you. The sphere is centered on you and has a thirty foot radius and is filled with dim light. The sphere moves with you, and it lasts for one minute or until you are incapacitated or die. Whenever a creature, the including right you, here. whenever it. a creature including you ends its turn in the sphere, you can grant that creature one of these benefits. So read that again. Whenever a creature, including you, ends its turn. So that's not just your that's allies. Not ally. That, that's not as a DM, know. but but it says you can grant, giving you the option. There's there's the loophole. You can. <sighs> Like so, there is. A I spent a lot there. of time thinking about this while we were talking about it, and that can is where I'm getting hung up on that, not necessarily forcing you to do it to um, an enemy. That can is is. Uh, I think it should be. I think it should be worded differently. Why don't I Why totally don't you agree. just say whenever a target you choose? Yeah. Like so. So much like any of the other, um, like targeting spells or like ally centric spells right it says yeah. target you choose so yeah, yeah. it's I, different yeah. verbiage and it yeah like and let's keep it same and what's keeping you from just renewing this every single action nothing nothing this that, one needs some reining in i think it needs some clarification rather yeah I, I don't like the other sentence of the ability either and one effect causing it to be charmed or frightened like, are you ending an effect and causing it to be charmed, or are you ending an effect that is causing it to be charmed? You're ending the that's, effect that's causing it to right. be charmed. Right. Yeah. But again, it's a little misworded. Like, clean it I mean, we're getting semantics here, but right. like, so just, it, it happens all of the time. One out of every five tables is plagued with a rules lawyer. <laughs> and the every sentence is right. you know going to be picked apart doing what we're doing um yeah you could but, make an argument for whenever a creature ends its turn well let's say you weren't paying attention like i'm a cleric i'm on the battlefield i'm not paying attention to what's behind me and something enters and i didn't have my firewall up i didn't have my you know i was just letting now you just given an enemy, you know. I, I don't know. There's some there's some room to play with it there. I I think it can be worded a little differently. Yeah, it, semantics. Play testing. I mean, but again, that's why we're we're going through this, right? It's play test material. Let's this caused us to to think twice about it. So, but overall, I I like this one. I think it's a it's a good addition to the clerics. Um, there's a reason why I haven't played a cleric yet, <laughs> just because you know there's nothing grabbing me there and. I don't know if this one will, but it, we're getting closer. I think some clerics can be fun. I think in, so plug for the gods we know, the grave domain that um, yeah. Harlan, or no, Desmond, I'm sorry, Desmond yeah. is playing, which is our very own Ink and Ignorance in the chat here. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. It, it yeah. sounds like it's, you know, kind of up my alley. Whereas a lot of these are like, meh. This Twilight Cleric does sound fun. It does sound like it can have a ton of flavor adds to the game. If you're playing a short game, sure, it can be OP uh, right right out of the gate. 
But from mine, it, it dies off quickly. Because by 8th level, as a cleric... So how many how many spell slots do you get as a cleric? Ooh. By 8th level. Let me check. Because... Loading. Loading. Okay, that doesn't... This doesn't tell me. Why aren't you telling me? 8th level, you are at... One, two, three. You get up to fourth level. So, alright, so eighth level, you get up to fourth level spell slots. And what you get as, um, you know, your, your class, you get Divine Strike. So, you have four first levels, four cantrips, three second levels, three third levels, and two fourth levels. Are you really going to just be hitting with... Now, here's a thought. What about spirit we spiritual weapon? Would you permit spiritual weapon to use divine strike? Is spiritual weapon a spell? That's not a cleric ability. <clears throat> it, it, yeah, it's a spell. Yeah. Would you let that use divine strike? I'm going to say no. And, and again, reading... So spiritual weapon is a second level spell. It's a bonus action. Reading this text specifically, you gain the ability to infuse your weapon strikes with divine energy once on each of your turns when you hit a creature with a weapon. When you hit a creature with a weapon. So that to me is like it's emanating from you as the cleric yeah. into your weapon as you strike. It'd be kind of cool if you could, but I think as written... I don't think I'd allow it immediately. So right? you'd have to do some finagling, right? So you have a what? You have six, ten, twelve. You roughly have twelve turns of higher powered spells. Are you ever going to be using your melee weapon? Not a lot, man. I don't think a lot. So I, I think adjusting divine strike to maybe yeah. earlier. And maybe make yeah. Twilight Sanctuary. Maybe swap yeah. those two. But might be good. So, so maybe maybe the build of this character needs to be a little bit different, right? Because at the proficiencies that you gain at the the at first level, you're getting martial weapons. So maybe you are becoming more of the meat shield front line, and you're taking more support spells for your party. And now that's why that level eight's going to be. <clears throat> you, you're. It's like this. A sneak attack. It's like you know, divine smite. It's it's helping your weapon attacks because you've taken so many support spells because you want to focus on that healing and how do they do it? How do they say it in the uh, bringing comfort and keeping dangers at bay? Uh, I think that I think you're gonna have to do that in order for that level that level eight so, feature to really. So you're not gonna be contagious. you're not gonna be a terribly supportive cleric here right so you're going to be a tank you, yeah. you know you gain proficiency in heavy armor so you're going to have to be a tank build that makes sense um you know twilight sanctuary kind of works pretty good for a tank because you're every round you start your turn you refresh eight yeah. hit points yeah. up to eight hit yeah, points yeah, yeah. um it's making a little more sense now i i mean but, like, I don't think of clerics as... I mean, they are a tank class. Yes, you can absolutely 100% be a tank. Mm. I don't like clerics as tanks. I like clerics as, 
you know, your support clerics who are helping keep right. the party afloat, who are, you yeah. know, negating effects, who are there to just be the offensive buff yeah. that they can be. Yeah. yeah, that's how I view them, too. Yeah. So, I mean, but I think this gives them a different option than the other tank, or not tank, cleric domains, right? Now, yeah. we can make that tanky one, and we can make the one that is, is that beacon of... of energy that is healing constantly giving temporary hit points but standing in the front like get behind me you will get hit points i will stand here and, and protect you all i think let's have that option i think i think it's a great option that kind of deviates from some of the other uh domains there so yeah yeah but see adam i, I disagree with you it makes a melee attack because to be clear this does not say you have to make a melee attack. Once, once you hit a creature with your weapon. So if Jackson was a cleric and used his crossbow, he can use Divine Strike. That's where I would rule it can be melee, it can be ranged. But yeah. I would rule as the DM it has to be in your hands. Yeah. So your spiritual weapon is not in your hands, and I would I would probably rule against it because... I mean, it makes sense, like, but to me, like, as this class is being built, that makes sense to me in the fact that I'm, I don't know, I'm not hitting things as often as maybe I should as a cleric. So you but, imagine this. Can you, would you, spirit weapons don't have hit points, do they? It's like, it's just a concentration. Right, right. And there's a time frame, right? But imagine this, you get your spirit weapon up, you get your beacon of sanctuary, your sanctuary up. You bonus action attack with your spirit weapon, attack with your weapon. So you're getting spirit weapon damage, your weapon damage, the the divine what is it? Divine strike, divine strike damage. People are getting temp hit points. There's a lot going on there. That's yeah, not happening. I mean, but Adam, I I, I disagree with you. I, I mean, but this is this is the fun of of what we're doing. You know, yes, your spiritual weapon comes from your magical essence, but I still feel like the way this is written, Divine Strike is coming from you as you're holding this weapon. Um, yeah. Like, you're so, being infused with this power to hit it harder, not, you know, the spell yeah, you've already let's go, cast. Let's go to that first line in the Divine Strike. You gain the ability to infuse your weapon strikes with Divine Energy. I mean, to play Devil's Advocate is spiritual weapon your weapon you know in that connection with your god i think we're we're kind of graying the lines here and and maybe i think you'd have to make a case i don't know we need clarification <laughs> please advise um well okay so maybe it should because we're, we're saying at eighth level all, all you get is divine strike maybe it should Maybe it should be allowed to be in your your uh, spiritual weapon. You know, maybe we should level, ask man. Unearth Arcana. Rules, yeah, rules. Out, man. Yeah, I think we should. Um, uh, but eighth level, let's do that. Let's give it to him. I mean, you could make it. an argument for either. I think. I think so. I think you absolutely one hundred percent could in game. I mean, me reviewing it now, I would be like, nah, no, no, no. In game, I'd probably be like, oh, sure, yeah, I like this. Like because right. I, I'm I'm pro player in the fact that I, right. I like when players get you know crafty and I I would 
but but this is where the playtesting comes in because, like you said, yeah. you're popping Twilight Sanctuary. You have spiritual weapon up. You now have divine strike on your spiritual weapon. Yeah, and so, but but here's the other thing. Once on okay, once on each of your turns, I had to read it again. I had to read it again because what if it was every time you strike your weapon? Because that would be that would be nuts. So I disregard. Clerics don't get an extra attack, so that I mean that negates kind of that. Yeah, two attacks at fifth level, but you do have your spirit weapon. So either way, you get it once per turn. So if you attach it to your spirit weapon or your physical weapon, I I don't know. It's a D eight of damage. I'd probably rule on the side of the player and be like, yes, you could attach it to your spiritual weapon. Your spiritual weapon enlarges a little bit, maybe um, something flavorful like that. I I'm not saying no. Yeah, I'm not saying no. But <laughs> cleric, cleric, it, clericification uh, in the chat there. That's a, that's a funny one. All right, I think we should move on <laughs> so that we can get to uh, these other ones. I mean, we could talk all night about clerics, but we got a wildfire druid out there. That I think this might be my favorite one of these three. You guys ready? Yes, sir. You want me to read it? Uh, yes, sir. Stick to theme. All right. Circle of the Wildfire. So at second level, druids get a, a circle uh, that they can they can follow. Right? So Circle of the Wildfire comes at second level. Druids who are members of the Circle of Wildfire understand the necessity of destruction, such as how a forest fire promotes growth. These druids bond with a primal spirit that harbors destructive tendencies, allowing the druids to use their power to create controlled flames that help flora and fauna reproduce and grow. I love this because it is the exact opposite of most druids, right? The tree hugging druids that are like protect nature. No, this is like, man, we got to burn some of this shit out of here, clean it up, let it regrow. Uh, I like it. Yeah. What do you guys think? I like it. I, I, I mean, there, there is a lot to say about the destruction and the rebirth. So, you know, right. The, the Phoenix, the Phoenix, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in living in Oregon, we have a ton of wildfires, and there's a huge debate. Do, do, you, do you clean and, and do controlled burns? Do you let nature do it? This, it? this is like a real thing, right? This is wildfires happen, and, uh, you know, sometimes they can be controlled, but we need to, it needs to clean itself out, nature does. And I think this is a druid stepping in, you know, in our make-believe uh, to help that happen. But again, like the like the cleric that we just talked about is maybe deviating from all the other circle or uh, domains. This druid is deviating from all the other ones. So the the tree hugging, tree hugging in a good way. I'm not saying that in a in a bad way. I just you know, sure you're nurturing not. of na- nurturing of nature. This is the destruction of nature to have nature survive. Right. If you're going to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs, kind of thing. Travis, how you feel about it? You. I like that it's a more grim. I don't know if grim is the right word, but take on the on the druid. the The whole the phoenix aspect of it, you know, burn it down to let it regrow different or better is cool. It adds again, like a lot of these, it just adds a lot of flavor to the druid, and I think the druid kind of needed it. 
I don't know a lot about druids, but they're like you said, tree huggy. Um, it, it felt like it needed something to spice it up a little bit because they just kind of all feel right, similar. Right. When you yeah. tear apart the, when you take out the, the you know, the, the human personality of the character. I feel like this lends more towards like a chaotic side to it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And in that, I think that is what is needed absolutely in druids because it's you know yeah there's a lot of druids that are lawful good and all this yeah neutral they're in the neutral but this lends to that chaotic side that man right i I think it could add so much flavor yeah i i'm thinking of all the times you'd have to justify in character your reasons for scorching the underbrush of this forest right here you know like hey man i'm just doing my job right um so I like I like that flavor text. I think it, it's a great bit for uh, druids. So you get some circle spells. You have formed a mystical bond with a wildfire spirit, a primal being of creation and destruction. Your link with the spirit grants you access to certain spells. At second level, you learn the firebolt cantrip. When you reach certain levels in this class, you gain access to the spells listed for that level in the circle of wildfire spells table. Once you gain access to one of these spells, you always have it prepared. And it doesn't count against the number of spells you can prepare each day. You gain access to a spell that doesn't... If you gain access to a spell that doesn't appear on the druid spell list, the spell is nonetheless a druid spell for you. So you get some... You get fireball as a druid. That's crazy. If you are now a druid that is casting fireball. Uh, you get fire shield... A flame strike, raise the dead, aura of life, plant growth, locate plants and animals, and scorching ray. I kind of read those in a uh, weird order, but <laughs> um, my warlock just got scorching ray, and that's pretty awesome, man. Because you're firing three different bolts, three different attacks. Yeah, it's pretty badass. So Scor- again, scorching you're able to like, LP. you're able to start three fires in different spots. You know, if just to the kind of like. Get jump start that fire, get it going. Like I can spread it around, fireball. We, I mean, we know it, we love it. Um, but I love the destruction. I love the idea of the chaotic kind of being, like you said, Bob. Uh, it's it's a good spin on a druid, right? Um, summon wildfire. I think this is the coolest ability that this gets. I I love this one. Um. You can summon the primal spirit bound to your soul. As an action, you can expend one use of your wild-shaped feature to summon your wildfire spirit rather than assuming a beast form. So you get two of these at this level. Uh, two, two times you can do this. Um, and you get them back on a short rest, which is kind of cool. Um, the spirit appears in an unoccupied space of your choice. You can see within 30 feet of you. Each creature within 10 feet of the spirit, other than you, when it appears, must succeed on a dex saving throw against your spell save DC or take 2d10 fire damage. Each creature, so that's like allies too. Yep. Right, it does, it does not say. So 2d10 fire damage on a dex save. Uh, the wildfire spirit is friendly to you and your companions and obeys your command. So that's kind of contradictory statements right there. Um, as it emerges and explodes... It might hurt your friends, but after that, it's friendly. I don't know. But keep continuing. Uh, see this creature's game statistics in the Wildfire Spirit stat block below. 
uh, you determine the spirit's appearance. Some spirits take the form of a humanoid figure made of gnarled branches covered in flame, while others look like beasts wreathed in fire. In combat, the wildfire spirit shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after yours. The only action it takes on its turn is the dodge action, unless you take a bonus action on your turn to command it to take one of the actions in its stat block or to take the dash, disengage, help, or hide action. The wildfire spirit manifests for one hour until it is reduced to zero hit points or until you use your wild shape again. Whew, that was a lot. So this kind of flaming being of whatever your uh, your heart can uh, come up with comes next to you, dealing fire damage on its entry, arrival, entry, and then you have it for an hour. And it has a whole set of stat blocks, AC of 13, hit points equal to your wildfire spirit's constitution modifier, and at base level it's plus two, but that can go up as you as your proficiency yeah. goes up. Uh, and then plus your wisdom modifier, and five times your level in this class. So at level two, that's going to be ten hit points. Uh, plus your wisdom modifier, which is probably three, three or four, three, plus your the con modifier. So you're looking at 15 hit points on this uh, thing, and it can it can it can hover 30 feet, or it has a 20 foot walking speed. It's kind of weird. Why not just make it hover all the time? <laughs> why why give it a 20 foot walking speed? Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. It's immune to fire. It's uh, immune to some conditions: charmed, frightened, grappled, prone, restrained. It has dark vision, and it speaks your language. Uh, it gains all of its skills go up by one uh, when your uh, proficiency bonus increases. Uh, as an act, so you have to use your bonus action to use its action. Yeah. Otherwise, it just takes the dodge. So you can kind of just like put it in idle for a little bit, use your bonus action for whatever. Or use your bonus action to do its action. So you can do Flame Seed. <laughs> uh, that's a plus four to hit, range 30 feet. Uh, 1d6 plus two fire damage, which goes up as your proficiency goes up. Or you could do Fiery Teleportation. I think this is the cool, cool, cool part. Um, and this only comes back after a short rest. So does your Fiery fiery thing... What the hell is it called again? Fiery. Uh, your Wildfire, Wild Shape take rests but anyways the spirit at each and each willing creature of your choice within five feet of it teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space you can see each creature within 10 feet of the space that the spirit left must succeed a uh, deck save against your spell dc or take 1d6 plus two fire damage the flame seed to me makes it feel very powerful for a second level because it's it's basically a second attack for you as every a bonus, turn as a bonus action. Yeah, yeah. But dru druids don't get that second attack, so they could still cast a spell attack and then flame seed. So yeah, I mean dru druids are one of those classes that peak very very early, and then they kind of just drop off. They become useless towards yeah. end game. I think this is interesting. Um, I kind of read ahead too. So it, it is. It, it creates this base that helps ahead, um, right? I like it. I, again, I think it leads to like it, it almost leads to like a pyromancer. Uh, you're kind of taking damage yourself to like spread fire, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it's, it's in, I like it. It's interesting. Um, it's also one of those things that like your fiery teleportation. You know, it's in the middle of the shit. You yeah. send it in there, and then you just have it teleport out. So it has a fly feed of thirty feet, right? So it can fly into the middle of battle, fiery teleport back out, and now uh-huh. it just does this AOE on everything that's there. And yeah. AOE one d six on a bunch of kobolds. Yeah, you're. But two, I can see it like sending in to retrieve a fallen ally, teleport yeah. out, because it's it's protective. It obeys your commands. Um, it's friendly to you and your companions. So I think it could. I think I would rule that it could pick up a partner and teleport them out. I think one thing I would change in the fiery teleportation is. When when where it says each creature within ten feet of the space that it left, I would also add the space that it re-enters. So it, it only leaves this fiery wake where it leaves. It, but then, yeah. and, and only because when it comes into the game, it, it does this blows up. So why yeah. would it not when mm-hmm. it teleports yeah. back in? I think that's a that's an oversight. Like. You know, they were just so excited about it, forgot to put it in. But yeah, I totally agree that anytime it plants itself somewhere through teleportation means there should be some kind of area of effect fire damage. But then it does exactly, it, it negates exactly what you just said in the fact that if you bring a fallen ally out and it does fire damage, they instantly lose a death saving roll. But is that, well, it's, it's there's a yeah, we'd have to talk about this, would have to be pre, pre, Pre-game planning. Because teleporting at are level gonna, 2 is crazy, first off. Yeah, are you going to allow this to be to, to be a rescue bot that goes in and pulls someone out without taking damage? Um, I, I think there needs I, to be some con to it because it, it's very OP at the start. But I like, I yeah, like it. I, mean, I think it's super fun. Yeah, and being able to make it whatever figure you want it to be um, I was th- as I was reading this, I was thinking about just like a bunch of like low, <laughs> like weasels, kind of that kind of yeah. blanket the ground, you know, in, in a square, um, and <laughs> flinging themselves. But instead of a flame seed, a flaming weasel. Um, <laughs> but I, I like this. I think it's 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 the joy of having a familiar or a pet companion without having to worry about it all the time. I mean, we right. talked about this. A while ago, do you, do you have a pet or a familiar, and do you actually pay attention to it? You know, the story being Val had a had a weasel that, you know, quickly fell out of uh, <laughs> any kind of role play, uh, just because it was kind of a pain in the ass. Where this, you get some of those benefits, you get some uh, role playing flavor in there, you get an attack partner. I mean, because like Travis said, you know, you're you're getting a second attack essentially uh, via your bonus action, but or you're doing I, like. A ton of AOE. I, I think this is this is super overpowered, right? Right at level well, two. Well, oh, you yeah. only get you only get one of the teleportations, yeah. right? Okay. One per battle because you're not going to take a short rest in the middle of battle. So you get one. So make it count. But I like the idea of sending it in and then teleporting out and then you know yeah leaving uh, collateral damage there. Uh, bodies in there in its wake another thing i would i would change is upon death it explodes just like when it teleports out it explodes when it dies it's like a little bomb huh yeah i mean 1d6 again like 
damage, or maybe you know make it one d four since it's extinguishing itself. You know, you can make it smaller. And then put like a cap if it dies. It takes like two long rests to revive it, so that way people aren't just using it as a little bomb. Yeah, but I I like that idea though. That that goes back to that chaotic destruction of this uh, this wildfire, the circle mm-hmm. of the wildfire. Um, so I could totally see you know that pyromancer in the back just sending this flaming steed <laughs> into the middle of this uh, middle of this herd and then blowing it up you know i i like it i i like the chaos there i feel like that uh, using this is going to make the wild shapes that much better because like yeah. as a druid i've played a druid up until like level 11 you don't use all of your wild shapes you know what I mean? You right. use like two a day. Yeah, I mean, I the the great thing about wild shape is you get that many more hit points, right? So if you whatever you wild shape into, you get that hit points. You go down to zero. You still have all of your hit points as the humanoid. Um, so that that's kind of the cool thing about that. But also, wild shape is a very role play thing. Infiltration, yeah. you know, like a, a rat going in into the dungeon checking things out where this just gives you another option and and i think options are great like if we have the option i agree bonus 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 all right moving on um so between second and sixth level you're getting a wild shape improvement so the cr rating in which you can cast or shape into is higher and you get an ability score improvement and then we get to level six with enhanced bond the bond with your wildfire spirit enhances your destructive and restorative spells. Okay, so this this is kind of scaffolding, right? We get the wildfire fire spirit, and now we're like building onto it, making it better. Um, and that's only four four short levels away from when you first get it. Whenever you cast a spell that deals fire damage or restores hit points while your wildfire fire spirit is summoned, roll a d8, and you gain a bonus to one roll of the spell equal to the number rolled. Let me read that one again. <laughs> Whenever you cast a spell... Okay, that's where I missed. Whenever you cast a spell that deals fire damage or restores hit points while your wildfire spirit is summoned, not within proximity of you, but just summoned, roll a d8 and you get to add that to one roll of the spell. So if it's like a 2d, 2d6 spell, you get to add the d8 to just one of those. But can you roll that or, to attack? Yeah, it, can you add it to the hit? Yeah. The attack to, to hit? Whenever you cast a spell that deals fire damage or restores hit points while your wildfire spirit is summoned, roll a d8. So you do it as you cast the spell. You gain a bonus to one roll of the spell equal to the number rolled. In addition, when you cast a spell with a range other than self, the spell can originate from you or your wildfire spirit. That's kind of cool. Um... I think I would almost add it to a uh, two hit, and well, it just or to one roll or to damage because to hit, to damage, or to heal. Interesting. So I would, as a DM, I would make the rule: you got to call it before you're going to do it. So much like uh, what is what is sharp, not sharpshooter. Um, yeah. The one where you take ten uh, five off the attack, but you add ten damage. Sharpshooter. Yeah, it is yeah, sharpshooter. sharpshooter. You got to call call it before you hit. Yeah, yeah. Before you roll the to hit. Yeah, I think I'd rule it the same way. Um, 
because okay, so fireball is a, is a deck save. Firebolt yeah. is a ranged attack. So there are varying degrees of yeah save versus actual attack. Yeah, because if if you have to have the hit, you, you know, like he's got three hit points left. All I have to do is hit. I would probably yeah. I like it. I would I would allow it. I think. Be, because you're you're sacrificing something, right? You're yeah. not you're not getting all of it. I'll allow you're it. You're either gonna hit with normal damage, or you're gonna maybe hit and more damage, or you're gonna heal your allies more. Yeah. And I like the ability to cast it from your wildfire spirit. I like that. That so is that's, that's flavorful. That's kind of like you know, Jester invokes duplicity with her character all the time, and can cast from that spectral being of herself you know so i i like that being able you're being in multiple places on the battlefield at once but okay so say we're behind a corner i'm gonna send my little spirit out there shoot the fireball bonus action spirit comes back you're now shooting fireball and you're blowing up so you're doing like this (laughs) yeah teleport out of there yeah we could break this. <laughs> I I like it, though. All right. Let's power through this. Here we go. Uh, flames of Life at 10th level. You gain the ability to turn death into flames of vitality. I like that line. Yeah. Again, that, that phoenix, right? That rebirth coming back alive. Uh, you're turning death into flames of vitality. When a small or larger creature that you can see, small or larger creature that you can see dies... Within 30 feet of you or your wildfire spirit, you can use your reaction to cause primal flames to spring from the body. When a creature you can see touches these flames, the creature regains hit points or takes fire damage your choice. Equal to 2d10 plus your wisdom modifier. And at 10th level, you're probably looking at a a 4 or a 5 wisdom modifier. So 2d10 plus 5. The flames vanish after a creature has touched them or after one minute. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier. So again, five times. Uh, you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So, interesting. Very interesting. Well, so, okay, when a creature dies, that's the, first, that's, that's the catalyst to this, right? Yep. You can use your reaction. So, take this... This is an underused... Yeah, you're not using used action, right? You use your reaction maybe one out of every five turns. Right. Okay, but think of it so an enemy dies within thirty feet of you. You put you put flames on it. Now any kind of touch spell or touch heal, like lay on hands, that is gonna have to touch this body. The person that touches it is now taking damage. So there you it, go. Yeah. Interesting yeah. thought process on damage to it. Yeah, you better have healing word. Yeah, it it needs to be like, you know, because yeah, if if it is like a key NPC or uh, somebody that you know the the DM is constantly like trying to heal and keep alive. Go ahead and do this. Let it sit for one minute. <laughs> so, uh, so, but then, I like that. but, but, so say healing word. I would rule that healing word, once the person's oh, up, man. you're going to take that damage. 
shit. Right? Like yeah, totally. But ex- extinguishing the flame after that. Yes. So. Yes. Interesting. Words like a D four. It's not a lot. It gets you up. But that's also dies. So that that's dies. They say dies. Yeah, but how often do we kill a creature, take it to zero? But you're very clear. But you're very clear when you drop. You when you drop, you're unconscious. So if a player drops, right. they're unconscious. They're not dead. So you can't use right. the flames of life on a player unless they're dead. But right. so take it this way. So say your tank is in battle, kills a creature, it's dead. You put a healing flames of life oh. heal. Now the tank can just touch it and get the health back. Right. So you have like little little healing stations where all these dead bodies are. I'm digging the. I'm really really digging this, this class. You could do this five times, roughly, depending on your modifier. So you drop one, boom, do it. Drop one over there, boom, do it. Now you have like little bases you can run to. <laughs> Heal, boop, 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 back in the game, man. <laughs> yeah. And two D ten. That's a lot. Five ish. That's that's better than most. Then a lot of he- base level healing, you know, healing spells. That's pretty badass. Flames of Light. But 10th level, too, so you're getting up there. You have quite a few hit points. This is going to, this is going to... Well, you can use it t- the, equal to, to your Wisdom modifier. So, say your Wisdom modifier is four. You can use this four times in a battle. Mm-hmm. You regain all of these after long rest. Yep. So if there's a if you're fighting a big bad with a bunch of ads, you know. Yeah. I'm just gonna put all of these little things on here. Alright, when you need health, just go touch them. They last for a minute. Yeah. yeah, I think you're definitely using the healing more than the damage. But it you could you could get interesting with the damage. Yeah. It takes some strategy and you have to kinda of figure it out key moments, but I love this is one of the coolest abilities that I, that we've read in a long time. You could use it as like a trap too. So like you put these little flames. So say an enemy dies in a doorway, you bring this enemy to the doorway. Say so you drag it, it dies there, whatever. So enemy is dead body is in the doorway. You put flames there to get through that doorway. You now have to cross through the flames. <laughs> Dude, I'm lo- I'm loving this so much. That's. It's chaotic, right? It's 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 out of the blue. It's something you haven't seen before. Yeah, and I think it's all. Yeah, I like. I really really like it. All right, we have one more thing here with the druid, the fourteenth level. We get blazing endurance. The bond with your wildfire spirit is exceptionally strong. <laughs> Even fatal blows only fuel your defiance. I like that word defiance. Uh, again, it's very chaotic. Uh, the bond with your wildfire spirit is exceptionally strong. Even fatal blows only fuel your defiance. If you drop to zero hit points and don't die outright, you drop to one hit point instead and gain temporary hit points equal to five times your druid level. And this is level 14. I did the math. That's 70 hit points. So you come back with 71 hit points. Is that the phoenix or what? Dude! That's crazy. Oh my god. And at at fourteenth level, you have a shit ton of hit points. It's gonna be hard to die outright. Well, yeah, so, right? so on one hit. 
because you're not making any death saves because you go to you come back to one. So to die outright, to die outright, you have to. How we play it is you have to go halfway. So say you have a hundred hit points. If you go negative fifty hit points, you're dead. Instant kill. Right. Yeah, so that's you're be at, tough to do. Yeah, you're at one hit point. Say somebody crits and does fifty-one hit points, you die. You're instantly dead. Man, but wait, there's, wait, more. there's more. There's more. So you come back with seventy-one hit points, <laughs> and and each creature of your choice within thirty feet of you that you can see takes fire damage equal to two d ten plus your druid level, which is fourteen at this point. So two d ten plus fourteen fire damage. Once you use this, you can't use it again until you finish long rest. That I is like nuts, dude. I like... This is chaotic, man. This That's is like... Insane. This is Vinny grabbing a Serac and jumping into the the pool of lava, kind of uh, falling on your sword to protect your party, right? Yeah. Run in, and I, I know I'm coming back, guys. I'm making this character. <laughs> He, I, I already I got it. it. He's gonna be just bald, no hair anywhere because he goes on fire all the it's fucking time, <laughs> and he's got maybe some oh. fire scars here and there. Like arms are oh. burned up. Oh, dude, yes, this I'm cool, doing man. this, and he doesn't really wear clothes. I, maybe just like a little fireproof, uh, like singlet <laughs> or something. Fire retardant uh, singlets. <laughs> they make those. I've heard. Yeah, I think this pairs. It's different than like the aberrant mind and the lurker in the deep. Those were like really kind of spooky and ooh la la, ooh, you know, kind of yeah. like out there. This is just chaos. This is like I'm in your face, fire explosions. Like we're on the set of Die Hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> Shit's just blowing up. Uh, I love it. I was thinking the same thing, Adam. Oh, the gods dude. we know may run into a circle of wildfire druid. Oh. I'm going to add a, ten Challenge, of these. There's going to be ten of these. It's going to be a cult of wildfire druids that oh, just burn shit. And they're all one-uppers. They're all one, they one-up <laughs> each other. <laughs> oh, man. I love this. Um, yeah, so that's the last of the circle boons that you get, and that's at 14th level. Uh, you get some ability scores, improvements. You get, you know, eventually your Arc Druid where you have unlimited number of uh, wild shapes. That's at level 20. But I think this is, you know, I thought the, the Aberrant Mind and the Lurker in the Deep were pretty cool. But I think I think you're right, man. This one is, this one's really fun. Yeah, I could, this is my favorite could, so far. Love it. I want to see it played. Way too powerful. That's what I don't like. I don't think it is. Fun. It feels way too powerful. I, I think this is this is a druid that's gonna die a lot. This is a druid that is going to kill itself a lot. Yeah. So I'm you get that so it's flames of life and blazing endurance is tenth and fourteenth level. So you're getting up there. Those those didn't seem too overpowered, but just like really cool. Yeah, but but again, I'd like to see them in play. I want to see them in play and see if they are really powered because I think Travis might be onto something. They could be like this hidden overpowered ability, and now all of a sudden you're just you're wrecking shit. But that you know? f- that fixes a druid then at that level because okay. druid druid overpowered at one through five, yes. Druid overpowered at five through fifteen, absolutely not. Because okay. your twentieth level 
ability for a druid. You can wild yeah. shape as many times as you want. Cool. Again, haven't used all of my wild shapes in 14 right. fucking levels. Yeah. I'm glad you let me just go ahead and wild shape whenever yeah. the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I want to see this in play. If you've played... Here's a shout-out to chat anywhere. If you've played this, let us know if uh, you've gotten into any big shenanigans with it or, or blew up your DM's game. Uh, if it's <laughs> overpowered at all. Um, but... Uh, I I think this is my favorite one. I would love to see a character do this. I would love to play this. Um, yeah. All right. Any any final words, guys? I think we're gonna hold off on the the, the onomancy. You know, we went long with with both of these, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. They were really cool, and we we were digging them. So we'll hold off on the onomancy. That'll come next week, maybe. We'll see. Um, either way, we got through most of them. Any final final words, final thoughts on any of the, the Twilight Domain or the Circle of Fire, Wildfire? No, I would say... I Sorry, go ahead, Travis. I was going to say, I want to play both. I think this one, it would be really fun. I'm just afraid that it could be really easily abused very early on. And that's why I like the, uh, the Cleric one a little better. It just feels more appropriate. Feels spoopy. <laughs> a little. I, I'd like to see these two characters together like a twilight and a wildfire oh, yeah. you know that's kind of cool. calming healing destructive healing <laughs> that's be a a good uh juxtaposition yeah uh yeah bob what do you got last words i i, I want to plug something here i think we should do play tests of these i think we should do one shots of these just to play test them and then we can give our feedback um, if this is something you're interested in, join our Discord. Go to twitch.tv slash featherfallTT and join our Discord. I think somebody just joined just now to play in our one-shots. So go join our Discord. Let's let's talk. Let's continue this conversation. I, I've sent a tweet to Chris Perkins. I know he's going to respond regarding the yeah. Twilight uh, Divine Strike and your spiritual weapon. Um, but he's a busy guy. Maybe later. <laughs> Is he? But we can all talk in our Discord and let's play test these. I'm down for this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. I would put together a special game where we're like 15th level, so that we can get to some of these cooler abilities. You know. Yeah. Uh, maybe not 20th because shit just gets crazy. And, but I, at 15th level, you're going to get most of the awesome abilities here. We've done a one shot at 20. And it's very, it very rough. hard. And, and the following reason is that you don't know your character. Like, if you haven't played a character from, from like, maybe 15, whatever, you don't know all of the things you can do right. at level 20. Right. So everybody's sitting there like, because you can do a lot. Yeah. Everybody's sitting there yeah. reading through the rules and all of that stuff. Um, yeah. Right. I do just All want to right, say Patriots man. scored again on a defensive touchdown. Oh, so Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I'd like yeah, to see the Asrak fight though with these characters. I'd like to go back and redo that. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. I'd do that. Let's I'd do like that. To go back and let's do it. Can we be like level fourteen or fifteen and not Oh, no. you guys want to be level fourteen <laughs> or fifteen? Why not nine? How'd that work out at nine? Hey. It worked out really we well until we, saved the day. we warped out. That's true. Tell us a certain druid wished her way out. 
I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know where I am. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's all good. Uh, all right, guys, guys and girls, uh, we're going to end this. Thanks for hanging out and listening to us ramble about these uh, these subclasses. We enjoy it. I think th- it gets my creative juices flowing sitting here and, and breaking down possible characters with you guys. I, I love it dearly. And chat, thanks for uh, hanging out. Adam, as Lamas, uh, no. <laughs> thanks for being in chat, playing Devil's Advocate for us tonight. Um, Featherfall Tabletop, you can catch us back on Tuesday at 6.30 Central Time, I think is our start time, uh, with the Gods We Know homebrew uh, 5e stuff from Adam and crew. Um, They are very active in our Discord, so if you want to get in touch with them, hang out with us. Uh, Wednesdays, we'll be here. Uh, You'll see the three of us, plus two for our water, not water deep anymore, excuse me. It is the Ghosts of the Past 5e homebrew. Again, post-Water Deep Dragon Heist. We're taking our characters on the road. And then again next Thursday here at Table Talk, where we may cover Onomancy, but I know we got some other cool stuff from DM's Guild that we want to jump into. Maybe both. Yeah, maybe one of each. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, We'll see. But either way, hang out with us. You'll be there. We'll talk. We'll become best friends. And we'll talk about D&D. It's happening, guys. It's happening. All right? I'm done. I'm done. I'm spent. Good talk. I'm out. Good talk, T. Bye. Bye.